0: Welcome to another episode of In Search of the Story. Olivia and I are both here today, so you're not getting a guest like you do on Gaming Historia each week right now. Um, We are going to be covering film adaptations of games. So your Warcraft, your Assassin's Creed, Dead or Alive, all that stuff. But before we get into that, last week's podcast, not our best work and we totally own it. Feel free to go listen to it. It turns out, and it turns into a very good podcast about halfway through it, but give it a listen. It's still, it gets into some good stuff. It's uh, the episode called The Good, The Bad, and The Sometimes In Between.
1: Never In Between.
0: The Never In Between. <laughs> never in between. I, I'll never say it right, but the podcast is, the second half is good stuff. The first half we were figuring it out. So this podcast is going to tear it up because we're talking about the two things we love, which are films and video games. Yeah, and the films that are based on them, and any of you that have seen it know that this is going to be nothing but praise for Hollywood. (laughs) Um, so so let's get started. What's what's where we start? Olivia, you,
1: you started exactly where I wanted to start. Actually, there is such a huge stigma around these kinds of movies that are based on games. I feel like no matter how much hype goes into it, no matter how much money goes into it, no matter how much production goes into it, and it being the movie, people just know it's gonna be bad. It's automatically labeled a B-movie. Why do you Why do you think that happens?
0: Um, well, the easy answer is, Yu Bull made a bunch of them, and I don't think he's ever made anything good in his life, from what I've seen um but i i i think Wait, the u bowl or bowl, i guess depending on where he's from he made postal um he made what were the other movies he made man i had i had it all down he made postal and
1: blood rain oh i'm
0: gonna give you blood rain um Far Cry. house of the dead yeah, but- Alone in the Chris, dark. Chris, you
1: have a bit of a handicap because you haven't seen anything from the last decade.
0: Well, I've seen i I've seen a few, but I've seen Blood Rain actually. I completely forgot they did Blood Rain, and I have seen that. Um I just blocked it out. I I think the biggest problem taking taking Bull off the table is as kind of a little joke that everybody understands because he's, you know, or most people will because he's he's made so many bad movies. He's kind of Legendary for it, but um, as a
1: younger viewer, I had no idea what you were talking about. I've never even heard of him.
0: Okay, well, you've seen his movies and and you know what? No, I right haven't. From his stuff, but, I haven't
1: seen any of his. Oh,
0: you haven't seen any of no. those? Okay, so don't. They're terrible, but he kind of epitomizes the problem in Hollywood. Is they take an idea which is generally a good story, you know? To take, let's go with Warcraft. It. Warcraft is one of those games that has this long history with a ton of lore and it gets into really deep storylines with really dark sides to it. And then they make a movie and they try to cram all that into two hours or they try to take a piece of it. And without all the stuff that happened around it, like why are the orcs wanting to do this? Why are the humans wanting to do this? It's it's harder for the game to become a story. I mean, for the movie to tell the story of the game because the game spends significantly longer than two hours to actually tell that story. It it could span five to ten years to tell the story of of Warcraft, and then they try to shove it down your throat in two hours. Well, see, I actually and make you care.
1: See, I actually disagree with you there. I don't think the fault is in not being able to tell the entire story. I think the fault is in that video games are a completely different medium from films in general. The whole point of video games is that you get, you yourself get to take action and interact with the medium to learn the story, learn the narrative, learn the lore, learn how the combat, learn the mechanics of the game essentially. And that's how you interpret the story. That's how you experience the story. Whereas when you watch a film, there was a great, a great article on The Nerdist, uh, and the, the author said, when you watch a movie about a video game that you know and love, it's like having a friend have the controller throughout the whole time you play the game. So you're missing that really important factor of being able to experience the game yourself. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I and and I agree with that. But I I think there's also another level to it that you could make a movie based on a game that is good that even though you're not interacting, the the fact that you have these strong characters can turn a game or can turn a movie based on a game into something that's very watchable and very enjoyable. Um they're they're doing it with comic books. And I know comic books and video games are very different mediums, but look at what they've what they've done with comic books. And so if if just the characters, I mean Deadpool alone to to a regular to your non comic book friends, Deadpool is just this random character that you don't go and, and actually search out Deadpool stuff, but you see him up on the screen and in the, whichever X-Men movie he was in where they sewed his mouth shut, that was a terrible representation. But then Ryan Reynolds, who loves the character and is passionate about the character, knows the character inside out, goes in and says, let's do this right. And he creates Deadpool correctly. And so I think the same thing, that's, that's the comparison I'm making between comics and, and games. is If you have somebody who has that passion and they want to tell the story of, let's say, just the story of the fall of Arthas in, in the Warcraft story that can be a good movie. You don't have to do a whole lot of, you know, a, a, a story of a fallen hero who turns into something evil is a story that can actually turn into a good movie even if you're not playing it. Um, so so I, I think there's an element of both things. You're not getting to play it, which takes you out of it some, but it's generally people who aren't passionate about the game you know, a lot of times you'll see interviews where they say, yeah, I hadn't played the game before. After I got the role, I started playing it. Well, that person's not going to be as invested as somebody like Ryan Reynolds is in Deadpool. So,
1: But I don't think those I, I think actors those in, in the examples you gave, they don't really have an input in the writing of of the film.
0: No, the actors don't, but... Uh, I, the the same thing could be said for the writers or anything like that. You know, Hollywood says, man, the Street Fighter game's is really taking off. Let's make a movie based on it. And then you have a casting director who doesn't know the first thing about Street Fighter says, hey, let's take the one all-American, you know, main character and cast Jean-Claude Van Damme as Guile, a, a guy who... I have no real problems with Jean-Claude Van Damme. I'm not a huge fan of his, but I, I don't dislike him. But you don't choose a French guy to play an American character in a game like that where Street Fighter, there's a you know a hardcore all-American G.I. Joe type hero. And he has a French accent. Like it, it, That person did not understand the, the material. And I think it goes beyond just the actors. I think it goes into the writers and the directors and the, the casting and all that stuff. And I think that's where it starts to fall apart.
1: Well, there might be hope because a lot of these bigger game, gaming companies have their own film studios now. So maybe they'll actually try and have a say. And when a film is created, they'll have a little bit of creative input because they actually will know the characters and have experienced the game and have had their hands on the franchise for multiple years now.
0: Well, I, I hope that's true. And and I think there's another element of this that that proves that a, a movie based on a game could work. Because look at Let's Plays. People watch Let's Plays all the way through. And they're very popular on YouTube. And that's basically just watching the game as a movie. Because you're not interacting at all with it. So if, if they do it right, it could work.
1: I think that's a little different. People watch Let's Plays because they're they like the person that's playing. They're there to watch that person interact with the game. And it's kind of like having you bond with that host, like they're kind of like your buddy that you're playing the game with. I don't think it's really the same yeah. thing. All
0: right. Well, I, yeah, maybe I, there there are some let's plays that that are without a host. That I don't know how successful they are. I don't have data on that or anything, but I, I'm just saying that there is an element that people will watch something like that so if you get a good actor that people really like you know like Michael Fassbender Assassin's Creed probably did better than it would have because it had Fassbender in it I mean
1: well when we're
0: people people trust yeah,
1: him yeah I totally agree because I know both you and I really like him as an actor the, right. it's interesting that in, since the beginning of this conversation we've been saying oh a movie does really well or doesn't do really well and i feel like when we say that we're talking about received well by the critics all of a lot of the movies we've mentioned have been technically box office successes like War, warcraft yeah, the, was they they were in the green tomb raider
0: and and warcraft wasn't too warcraft wasn't great but it wasn't terrible either it was it was one of the better game movies
1: yeah i mean I feel like when we when we use the words terrible and well you're talking about like received well by by critics or looking at it critically not financial success right
0: Yeah financial success I I don't that doesn't matter to me because that's I think financial success comes more from the advertising and the hype than it does from the actual movie because it's you know I I a movie like Warcraft or a movie like Assassin's Creed it's got or even Tomb Raider people are already just going to go see it and the advertising just pushes them there so it doesn't matter how much money it's going to make cuz the word of mouth isn't going to stop it it's it's what did the what did the viewers think what did the critics think and most of the time they're about on the same page i think Warcraft uh, there was a pretty big difference there was a big big argument between a bunch of people about whether or not it was tomb good. raider and was a
1: really big difference the 2001 one with angelina jolie
0: yeah you get it you get really mixed stuff on that as no well. no i'm saying and critics
1: thought it was terrible but fans absolutely loved it
0: oh i didn't know that fans were that big of a fan of it or that that positive on it i thought that there was a mix on the fan no
1: it was tomb raider with angelina jolie is the most successful video game oh wait no second most i said that before second most successful video game adaptation film
0: oh okay well so so whenever we say good and bad let's let's just leave it as kind of personal views generally what a critic says things like that um but well i don't think that's fair to say what the critics say because critics will take a great movie and say it's and critics don't Um, know the game no, and, and that's a problem with it is is you need the fans to be behind it and support or it. Or have and a
1: critic that is a gamer.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, which I, I don't know of many besides going to you know actual websites like Gaming Historia or other game websites.
1: That do what?
0: That do movie reviews as well as game reviews and stuff like that. Because then you have gamers who are doing it. But one thing that I have noticed over my lifetime, because I started with Mario Brothers, which it's a train wreck in every sense of the word. Um, So there's nothing redeeming about that movie. And then you go into stuff like Mortal Kombat, which was actually a a decent film. It wasn't great, but it was was pretty good. And a lot of people look at it fondly. I think it's with rose-colored glasses, but... It was decent. It came out a little bit later. And then Street Fighter, Resident Evil, you know, they they continually got a little bit better, a little bit better as you went on. And then they started trying to go from, this is a movie placed on based on a video game to stuff like Max Payne and Final Fantasy, which they put them out as just serious movies and Max Payne just fell flat. Even with Mark Wahlberg leading it, it was just, it wasn't anything like, the character that you fell in love with in the games and final fantasy, the story just wasn't there. And I, I, for me, final fantasies, they don't always have a great story. It's always a very convoluted story. They're great games. Just the story is never as, as tight as I like. And so those, those movies, you know, they started to get better and they took steps forward. Now we're starting to see some, of these movies are starting to get close to actually being good movies that you want to watch again. I, I don't think that there's any of them out there that I would say, Oh, I can't wait to watch Assassin's Creed or Warcraft or whatever again, but I didn't come out of it feeling like they disrespected me with that game. Like, like I did back in the mid nineties and stuff. And so progress is being made. And I think part of that is people who grew up, Playing games are now making movies. And that's probably going to make a big difference in the future, but it's it's
1: not fully in their game. Would yet. you also say compared to the games that you played growing up, characters these days have like a little more depth purely because of the advancements in technology and game development? So it therefore it's a little bit easier to make a film based on games from close like more contemporary times
0: yeah I, I think in general that's that's true I mean you know whenever not to keep on going back to Mario Brothers but it's the best example whenever they made the Mario Brothers game I mean what do you have you have a plumber and his brother who are trying to save a princess from a dinosaur thing and that's the, and they tried to write a story based on that and there's no story there there's no character to Mario um, there is more character to him now, but most Nintendo characters—they're not known for being really in-depth, thoughtful characters like you get out of the Mass Effect series or, or the reboots of the Tomb Raider series or anything like that. It's those back then, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, Mario Brothers, uh, Postal—those th- weren't about story. And then they turned them into movies, and you know, you got this weird, just pandering to an audience and really insulting them more than anything else by by showing that you didn't even do your research on the actual game before you put it out there i mean if you go look at i think it's hoffman as koopa in mario brothers he he's not a giant dinosaur turtle thing he's a dude with spiky hair they they didn't even try so I I think that is part of it. I I think that the characters are becoming richer. So you have somebody like Angelina Jolie who can play a character with depth. You have Fassbender who can play a character with depth. And even Prince of Persia, you know. uh, Again, I I already admitted I haven't watched Prince of Persia as much as I love it. I'm going to watch, as much as I love the series, I'm going to watch Prince of Persia and Assassin's Creed and see how they hold up. Because both of those have characters that have strong story arcs and and you can really go with something on it so i think that is part of it i think you hit the nail on the head with that
1: you should also watch the new tomb raider i i just recently saw it and it was it was good it was it was good
0: was is that a so compared to the take go back to angelina jolie's tomb raiders Mm -hmm.
1: What what about them?
0: Which one which one was the better version? Was it, or which one was closer to the actual source material? I guess would be the
1: better. Well, version. Angelina Jolie Jolie's version of Laura was based on the classic Laura Croft, whereas Alicia Vikander's Laura was based on the reboot Laura Croft, and they both portrayed them extremely well. Like Alicia did a great job of being the young tough kind of what is it greenhorn that's what you would call like a noob there we go um yeah. <laughs> i go for like the most difficult she's comparison a, she's <laughs> <the> noob, <Laura. laughs> um, yeah and i i thought she's such an amazing actress she was so convincing and she she did all of her stunts amazingly well like they delivered with that movie. Did it exceed my expectations for what I want a Laura Croft adventure to be? No, it didn't. Did I still really enjoy it? Yeah, of course I did. I think Angelina Jolie's version of Laura Croft did a better job of incorporating the kind of mystical power, supernatural, really outlandish adventure that you love and expect from tomb raider games but i realize at the same time that the reboot is trying to ground it a little more in reality or at the very least make it a little more contemporary and and gritty and and dark yeah and i can appreciate that direction too because it's it's it feels like there's a little more depth it you get more emotionally involved and attached and I, I thoroughly enjoy both experiences and you know by the way the, the newest one ends that they're gonna make more. So I, I'm, I, I'm, oh, gonna, I I'm gonna I'm gonna see I'm excited to see where they're going.
0: yeah this this seemed like a, a franchise relaunch to me as soon as as soon as I saw it. Uh, or as soon as I saw the that they were making a new one I was like, oh, this is gonna be a thing that they're going with for a while. I, I
1: hope so. I'm excited um, to see where it goes.
0: So, okay, so I, I think that they're getting better and better. And maybe some of that is because there's more character behind it. There's somebody to dig into. But, you know, I can go back to Max Payne, who was a very rich character and nothing came out of it. I mean, it was it was the worst thing. It's probably my least favorite just because there's so much behind Max Payne that they could have worked with. Um, so, I mean, the character's... The depth of the characters does make a difference, but they have to be used um, correctly. They, they actually have to make that character feel like the character from the game if, the, if they're going to name it after that character. So I think things are going to get better.
1: I think so too. There's at least, I, I read, I think the number was at 62 upcoming adaptations based on video games that are in production, 62 films.
0: There's there's one that I'm really concerned about, and I just want to get your take on just a just a I don't know just spitball what your idea of how this movie's because this is a trilogy of movies that are coming. Let's out, hear it of how this works. The Tetris movie is going to be a trilogy. oh
1: yeah I read about that I have I have I'm, no I <laughs> I have no idea.
0: There's there's absolutely nothing to that game that makes me think this should be a movie.
1: maybe maybe that's what they're gonna play off of that everyone is so so in the mindset of what the hell are you gonna do with Tetris that they're they're gonna do something outlandish and I bet you they're they're going to at least try and really showcase like look what we can do with CGI these days
0: yeah. I'm sure it's going to be alien something. And, no, no.
1: You know. I think it's going to be.
0: I, I mean, those things would be like perfect alien shows. That,
1: because there's definitely been a rise in alien uh, content within the last couple years, I'd say. Or I think they could try and do some kind of sci-fi interdimensional angle. Maybe something with time. I feel like that's really picked up recently. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see as well, but Tetris is one of those games that when I think about it, I think about being miserable sitting in like, uh, I was going to say Spanish class in grade school, but I know if for Mm -hmm. some reason one of my Spanish teachers from grade school ever listens to this and he knows who I'm talking about because he's my volleyball coach, I'd hate for him to hear that (laughs) because I love him so much and I loved his class, but I'm thinking of this one particular Spanish class, uh, where he was not my teacher and I was just sitting there playing Tetris and just being so depressed like, is this class going to be over? My life is going on for infinity and, and you're just constantly tapping your buttons playing Tetris. And so whenever I think of the game, that's what I think of. I think of just being miserable in school <laughs> and bored out of my mind.
0: Tetris Tetris is that one game that my mom played. That's the only video game my mom's ever played that I can think of, um, and she would take my Game Boy from me and play it nonstop at night. Um, so I, I get why Hollywood would say let's do something with this because Tetris is a huge title, but I mean,
1: it's pretty boring.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a whenever I heard it I was like all right they're gonna do one whatever and then they said there's gonna be a trilogy like really you got three movies worth of stuff out of this this is ridiculous they're um,
1: really wringing the cloth dry
0: no kidding maybe maybe it's gonna be a political thing with Russia since that's where it started and they're gonna just spin it off and I yeah don't. I guess they had to buy the
1: rights from that the Russian man that that created it
0: I think I think he sold him a while ago to Nintendo originally and then it just became Tetris or something. I don't know. Um but I don't think he owns the rights to it anymore. Um, I don't even know if he makes money off it anymore. I, I read something about him recently. I can't he remember. He probably what made it was. enough I'll look for it up his in
1: lifetime way. plus his children's.
0: I hope so. We'll have to look. We'll we'll investigate no, that No, I'm I'm pretty sure
1: point. Tetris is the most successful video game of all time.
0: Yes. It has been on everything, also. So, um, all right. So, I have I have another angle, and I kind of hinted that I was going to go this other angle with you. Um, that Hollywood does right. There's how do how do I put that? So, Hollywood has done movies about gamers or about gaming in general that more often than not, or or at least the big ones that I'm thinking of. They hit it correctly, and they they actually make games where they they put gamers in it that are not offensive. They actually fit the you know what we experience as gamers. I and don't
1: know what are you what movies are you thinking of?
0: So, so the the big one is Grandma's Boy, and that's just a a raunchy comedy, but it's about a guy who just plays video games all the time and. He's very much what you know him from somebody in in your circle, or you've met him at a game store. No, at some I, point. I haven't, and he's... I
1: don't. This is why you and I have such a weird dynamic because you and I are two very different people. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, and but if you see Grandma's I have boy, seen it. The, the character. Oh, uh, so that character, he's. I didn't feel like they were, like Big Bang Theory, I feel like they are putting out what my mom thinks I do whenever I play games. Whereas Grandma's Boy put out what, I, you know, what an actual gamer does. Um, See... And then Wreck It Ralph was that's that's probably one of the best examples out there. That was full of video game stuff.
1: I'm still stuck on disagreeing with fantastic. you of what what you perceive as who a gamer is and what the media is putting out there because I I don't share your same view on on those two things. But I see I see what so, you're okay. saying though, and we can continue on with good examples. Like I agree, Wreck It Ralph was awesome, and it was.
0: Yeah, so okay, Scramble's boy. May, it's that's a Agree hit to miss. disagree but with Wreck-It I see Ralph, what you're saying, but yeah, because Wreck-It you Ralph and I have
1: such different gaming backgrounds and gaming experiences, I don't agree with your other two things.
0: Yeah, so but we can't say record Ralph nailed it. I mean it. It took some established video game characters and some made up characters and made them feel very cohesive in the same world, and there's just reference after reference. You know, I've watched it with Chloe multiple times and every time I catch something new and they make some good jokes out of it. You know, it's they have fun with the idea of games. So I think there is a part of Hollywood that does get gaming or gets the gaming culture and and whenever they do it as little pieces like that, like in Wreck-It Ralph, even The Wizard as that movie's not great. And it was really more of an advertisement for Super Mario Brothers 3 than anything else. But it it kind of had fun with the idea of what a gamer is, of a you know, this kid who just really gets lost in the game. And so But I
1: think an important thing you should I'm gonna point out is that Wreck It Ralph utilized a lot of older games.
0: Yeah. Like, they did. And and Chloe didn't catch most of them.
1: Yeah, like I'm sure I didn't even catch a lot of them. Like I I knew the big ones but but I'm sure there were a ton of things that blew over my head. So I think it's interesting to note that the one animated film that did incredibly well, that was based on, on multiple video games. That was video game, like content driven. It was animated and it pulled from older games. So.
0: Yeah. and, And then it, it kind of made up the more current games, like the, um, oh, I
1: guess they did. There were certain parts that drew from more current games. Man, I guess I haven't watched that in a long time.
0: Well, and even if they didn't have the rights to the game, obviously they did Gears of War with, um, what's her name? Um, the voice actors. I can't remember the character's name.
1: Wasn't it like Jane Lynch or something? On...
0: Yeah. Yeah. Jane Lynch. The character that she played is very much a Gears of War character. Um, or at least one of those type of games, you know, the heavy gunner type of character, sci-fi-ish type thing. Um, and they did it perfectly well. It felt like it was a real game that lived in this world. So, um, I mean, that that one's the biggest example of them doing it. It, it happens here and there where you get the gamers and, and stuff where earlier on, if you look at old TV shows, you would see people with like a an NES system on the TV and they'd be playing with Sega Genesis controllers. Like they had no idea what they were doing with it. And so now Hollywood at least is coming around to understanding, you know, how to, how to approach games. They just don't know how to, I think they're trying to cash in on games as opposed to finding a game that would make a good movie. And I think maybe that's the big problem is they're only going after the big names as opposed to looking at something that could turn into a, really really good story even if it's not a big game that's not
1: entirely about. true the five nights at freddy's franchise got picked up and a movie's being made and that was a one-man operation indie dev
0: yeah but that's a that game has become its own beast like if you go to just about any electronics store they have five night at freddy's pop vinyls and stuffed animals and you know it became a big yeah but thing. that all but, started
1: from this tiny little indie game
0: Right, I get that. But Hollywood wasn't interested in it at that point. Hollywood got interested in it once it became this big thing that's everywhere. But look at like the first tree. Expand that into a full movie where it's...
1: I totally could.
0: Yeah, and so that's what I mean. I I think that they need to start looking for the stories as opposed to looking for the big money-making things. But I don't think that's going to happen on a at least for a for a big business, I think you may find some indie companies that'll do that but um I don't think you're gonna find that from you know Sony Pictures or anything like that though Sony is starting to take some more risks by doing the miles Morales Spider man animated movie that they're doing so
1: I think it's a series you know actually. they're
0: starting to listen to their audience some. Yeah, so they're starting to listen to their audience. So maybe they will start going after some of these smaller games. But um, I don't know. I think the biggest problem right now is they've just gone for what sells the best. Let's turn it into a movie. And outside of In the Name of the King, which Dungeon Siege was a great game, but I don't know why they turned that into a movie. I don't know whose idea it was. Um,
1: Dungeon Siege was one of my all-time favorite games growing up.
0: Mine too. So...
1: I actually didn't know. So I have a funny story about In the Name of the King. When I saw it in 2006, I was in, let's see, I guess that would be eighth, seventh grade, maybe? Not to date oh, myself, but I just did. <laughs> um, so I, no, I was spending really the old. weekend or, a, you know, a weekend night with some pals at the video game and <laughs> at the video game. <laughs> at, at the sorry, video game. I, I was at the movie theater. Sorry, I'm like staring at my notes and then reading words, but not listening <laughs> to what I'm saying. I was at the movie theater with some friends and... I'm pretty sure we were there and we wanted to sneak in to 300 and 300 oh. was rated R so we couldn't get in. So and, um, they they had someone there guarding the door. And so <laughs> all our plans were foiled, obviously. And so instead we were just kind of theater hopping and, we went into the theater that was showing in the name of the King and we're all like, I don't know what this is. Let's just go sit and watch for a little bit. And I remember like the 30 minutes that we were in there watching, I sort of recognized the story and the words they were using and the setting and like all these things from having played dungeon siege myself, but all my friends who weren't gamers were like, what, what the hell is this? This is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. I don't even know what they're talking about. And because, as I've shared in past episodes, I didn't really talk much about my gaming experience or the games that I liked to play when I was growing up because that's just the way it was and the way I was. And yeah. And so I was sitting there in the theater, like, oh am I watching a movie about Dungeon Siege? This is incredible. Like, I'll have to go remember to watch this or try and find it at another time because streaming movies online wasn't a thing yet. And so, of course, my friends were like, let's leave, let's get out of here, this is stupid. And I was like, oh, but I kind of want to keep watching. And naturally, time passed and I never revisited the movie. And I think I've probably come across it in the last three years or so once on TV. And I tried to watch a little bit more of it, but it, it just wasn't good. It just wasn't good.
0: That is a U-Bowl joint. That is one of his films. Um, and what killed me about that movie is I was still riding high on on the uh, the... Snatch trilogy, Lockstock, Snatch and Rock and Roller and Jason Statham was awesome in Snatch. I was in love with and he had, he he had done Crank, I think. Did he do it before or after in the name of the king? I'm going to I'm going to check real quick so I can So Crank came out right about the same time. Um, and Crank is is one of my favorite movies of all time. It is <laughs> It is a hilariously dark comedy, uh, and a great a- action film. If if you consider it an action film, it's basically it. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. I'm not going to say a word about it. Watch the first Crank. It's really good. It's Jason Statham at his best, and Snatches, Do You think too.
1: that's Jason Statham's
0: best? It's it's like all of what he has. It's it's him being funny and being serious and having just. Endless Energy. I think Snatch is the best. Turkish is my favorite character of all time and I think he I think he killed it as that. But Crank let him just let loose and it was hilarious. So maybe not at his best, but
1: Did you see any of the transporters?
0: Yeah, and I liked the first transporter. After that, I kind of fell off the wagon on it. But he was good in the first one. Um, but I I still it crank and snatch are are my two favorite Jason Statham moment or movies okay. of all time.
1: Let's get back to video game games though.
0: Well, and and that's my thing is then I actually saw in na- in the name of the king against my better judgment because he and Ray Liotta were in it, and I was like, uh, all right, they're not calling it just Dungeon Siege. They're calling it Name of the uh, in the name of the king. So maybe they're doing something more with it and. They didn't. It was just a mess. And I started realizing that Jason Statham didn't always make the right choices whenever he read a script. Um, Or his agent didn't send him the right place or whatever happened. Somehow he ended up in that mess. Uh, Maybe he was a Dungeon
1: Siege fan.
0: Maybe so, but then I can't believe he let Eubol get away with putting out what he did. I mean, I've seen Jason Statham fight. I would think that he would do something. That guy seems like he could do something about it. I don't know. But he was still kind of early in his career. He didn't quite have the power that he has now. Um So I don't know. I, I think ultimately what happens is is for the most part, Hollywood looks for the big sellers, makes a movie out of them, regardless of what the story is. Just get somebody to write something. You know, make us a movie out of the make us a, or write us a script based off what you know of the the franchise, and then we'll make it a movie. And
1: Well, I think in Hollywood's defense, just to play devil's advocate, I don't think they're entirely off-kilter with that because in my personal experience, there have been movies made off of large franchises that I've never really gotten into the games of or maybe even haven't played the games of and so my only exposure to the franchise was through that movie. And I still really liked the movie, even though it was a pretty terrible movie. And the one I'm thinking of specifically right now is Silent Hill. Did you ever see that movie?
0: Okay, yeah. Nope, you know my thing with horror Oh, stuff. I
1: completely forgot. I actually... I know, I know you're not as much of a fan of the horror genre as I am, but I never played the Silent Hill games just because I didn't really know that much about the franchise again my first exposure to it was through the movie and and then after I knew the movie and I had multiple people say like did you know that that was based on a game I'd be like no so I went and looked up the game and it just looked way too scary for me to even try so my As of now, to to this day, I still haven't played a Silent Hill game. So my only exposure to the franchise is the movie, which terrified me. I was certainly a little bit lost because I didn't know the whole lore behind the franchise. This is a really good example. I didn't know the lore behind the franchise, Silent Hill. But I saw the movie and was so freaked out and grossed out by it that I... I I enjoyed it still as a whole. I look back on it and still think like, man, that movie was so scary. It was awesome. It had Sean Bean in it and this this lady running around fighting these crazy well, things. That makes it work. Yeah, and and so you know, one day I might get the guts to play a a Silent Hill game. I just I just know now I've learned more about the franchise and I know how notoriously scary those games are. So
0: they're very atmospheric.
1: Yeah. But yeah, yeah.
0: They're great. They're, they're not. I played them and I enjoyed them. Oh, a you very have very, played so. them. Yeah. Oh. It's movies. Horror movies are what I don't get into. I can play horror games. Um, oh, that's really But movies weird. for some reason I can't. So the, the first Resident Evil, one of my favorite games of all time. And know. that was very, very scary whenever it first came out. Um, then the movies came out and they were action films. Uh, just bloody action films. I was like, "What are you doing? This is supposed to be scary." So, but the the games themselves, yeah, I'll play. I'll play most most horror games.
1: Um, you know, I played the first Resident Evil. It got me a couple times, I think, but the it, almost the limitations of the controls are also what make it scary because it's so difficult oh yeah, tank to walking. move around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like driving a tank through a hallway. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Yeah.
1: Uh, but then when I saw the movies I didn't even realize that they were connected because they were so different. Yeah,
0: there's no relation. Yeah. There's no relation at all. And and really the Resident Evil franchise hit and miss throughout each one, but they haven't been terrible. They they haven't been great, but they've they've been enjoyable to watch, at least the first couple. Um I don't think I saw the most recent ones, but I've I've heard not good stuff about them. But the like the first one was fantastic. I had a lot of fun watching that one. It wasn't at all Resident Evil, but it was you know it had Umbrella in it, so I guess that worked. So I naturally, I, I don't know what they were doing with <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, so it was it was a mess of a. Of a game, but maybe that's what they were shooting for. Is I don't know why they would do that though. Like Resident Evil was so primed to be a good horror film, with jump scares and atmosphere and you know everything that you want to make a good scary movie, and they went with crazy running gun.
1: Maybe it was because so, that hadn't really been done in zombie in the zombie genre yet. Because I feel like the zombie, the zombie apocalypse theme has been just used so so much that they were really trying to do something different like we haven't seen a a hot woman with guns (laughs) killing all these zombies we've never seen that before let's go in that direction which i'll sure give it a try and those them i'm pretty sure all those movies financially speaking have been in the green so i guess like jokes on us right
0: yeah I mean, hey, it worked I I imagine the meeting that they had is, is Joe Hollywood came in and said hey we just got the rights to Resident Evil and then writer A said hey did you guys see that movie Violet and they said oh yeah we did <sighs> screw it let's remake it and call it Resident Evil and that's what happened that's that's what I felt like whenever I saw Resident Evil is this is a continuation of Violet so I forgot it, about just, that movie with zombies oh and I love that movie I, it's not a I can't say that it's a good movie, but I enjoyed it a great deal. I, I think Mila, you say it, I Djokovic, can't do it. I can't. Joe, yeah, Djokovic is fantastic in whatever she does. Just sometimes she's in things that doesn't matter how good she is, it comes off poorly. You know, she's not always in the best movies. But Violet was was an incredibly fun movie, and then Resident Evil just felt like Violet Violet with zombies and Umbrella core that's that's what it seemed like to me take out some of the sci-fi throw in some zombies you have the same character boom who cares about Jill Valentine nobody wants her let's make up a character um, so I, the Resident Evil series kind of went a different way than most games it just took the name and made its own thing and it, it worked to an extent so
1: well maybe that that's a option or direction for... A lot of these film companies because from what i've actually read about the uncharted adaptation that's in production it's going to be it's going to diverge from any of the stories that we know already from uncharted and it's going to be more of an origin story of nathan drake and you know who's going to play nathan drake they just cast him
0: uh nathan fillion
1: um, I don't know who that is. I have
0: no idea. Uh, I have no idea.
1: Tom Holland uh, or Holland, the guy who... Holland? Yeah, the one who played... Yeah, Spider-Man? The Yeah, the one who played the new Spider-Man.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. He'll actually be really good for that.
1: Yeah, I think I'm excited for that too. I And I know there's The Last of Us is in pre-production as well, but I think that one's kind of slowed down. I, I am nothing but hopeful, to say the least, because... I think Tomb Raider was another step in the right direction, putting a little more thought and a little more care into these characters that are already so well known and so loved. So hope I, I really I think I think things are looking up.
0: Yeah, Hollywood has a very dark history with gaming in general. And they're starting to come out of that tunnel. It's starting to get better. And I think the saving grace is going to be the Tetris trilogy. I think that's going to be the greatest trilogy of all time somehow.
1: Are you being sarcastic? I
0: fully expected. Yes, I fully expected to be terrible. But I will not be surprised if it comes out and it just takes the rug from out of us. And we're all on our asses going, oh, my God, this is the greatest movie of all time. How did they pull this off? I would love for that to happen. I would love for them to just completely shock us with this great in-depth story and they somehow fit Tetris into it. That'd be fantastic. But I I think that you have Uncharted on one side of where Hollywood is going and then Tetris and... Aren't they doing Pong or something also? I, I um, don't know.
1: There's they're doing a another Super Mario Brother. Uh, Illumination just picked that up actually.
0: The animated one. Yeah, That that could be good. Um, As long as... Uh, especially if they make some callbacks to the original movie. That'll be fantastic. But animated is a good way to go with, with a game. As long as it's... For Nintendo games, I would yeah. say. Because th- those are lighthearted hearted characters. Um, Final Fantasy when animated didn't work that well. Uh, <laughs> at least the original Final Fantasy Spirits Within. It was just a mess. It made no sense. It was beautiful to, to look at. Because it was... The full CG movie that that started to kind of show you, like, oh my god, things could look real, um, but the the story was a mess and it was just kind of dragged on, um, and it didn't feel like Final Fantasy. But you know, for animation, yeah, give me a give me a Zelda and a Mario and a Kirby, even a Mario Kart movie. Make a Cars style Mario Kart animated film. Those would be great. Nintendo's ripe for the picking for the, that type of stuff, but. uh
1: I mean, I can say have at it, but me personally and the games that I'm interested in, I really don't care about any of those that you listed just because I, I, if I go see an animation film, it's, it's usually, I I don't know. It's not game focused, I guess.
0: Right. And and really, if I go see an animation film, it's because the boss told me to, it's because a seven year old said we're going to go see this movie Friday and I'm like, "Yes, man." Yeah. So Yeah. But I mean, that would be great. I would love to go see Mario with her and if they would do a Kirby movie, we'd be there day one. The kid is Kirby crazy okay. right now. Um she is she's lost her mind over the little pink puffball. So I don't have anything else whenever it comes to Hollywood screwing over gamers and then maybe they're doing the right thing now and we're starting to see promise. I I think that's where we're at at this point. Is there two steps forward, one step back, but they're they're gaining ground. That's that's where I land on it.
1: Yeah, and who knows? Maybe instead of just films being made, maybe there will be some TV series or, you know, premium television series. Hey, if HBO can can jump on something big, that would be really cool too.
0: Yeah, give us a Mass Effect series. I'm not a oh. sci-fi guy, but I would watch a Mass Effect series. That's all I got. I mean, Hollywood is taking two steps back. No. They did the opposite. They've taken two steps forward, one step back. And we're getting there, I think. And with the amount of movies that are coming out, we're going to have some bad ones. We're going to have some great ones, I think. But I think we're going to start seeing more and more stuff now that they're getting Last of Us and Uncharted, things like that. We're getting stories that were kind of movies in the game already.
1: And if it can be made into perhaps even what's on the rise now, a premium television, a well-thought-out, well-written television show... Where they can do the timeline justice, HBO hint, 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 then I I can only be cautiously optimistic.
0: Yeah, and with uh with PlayStation View, Sony is obviously starting to get into television and stuff. I know they don't have their own channel, they're just a, a service, but maybe it's going to spin it to a channel and then we can start getting, you know, we didn't even talk about the Ratchet and Clank film and you know, Sony could start doing Heavenly Sword and stuff like that. But Sony could start taking their properties and turning them into stuff. And they have a lot of really good characters in in their backlog that, that they could bring out. So as these companies start to branch out more, maybe we'll see stuff like Sony starting to look at, like, hey, we own these characters. Why don't we try to do something legit with them and try to make something great? Yeah, so, and I, have and a lot I of hope. do
1: too. And in, And in the opposite spectrum... Independent filmmakers could team up with independent developers and be like, "Hey, Firewatch was a kick-ass story and a kick-ass experience. Why don't we make it into an actual movie?" So i I think, I think there is hope all around, and I don't want to completely disregard smaller, smaller, uh, smaller games because they have a lot of merit yeah. too in their storytelling.
0: Don't, don't say you know what warcraft is a big series i'm gonna make a movie off it say i love this firewatch game i can make this into an awesome movie i'm gonna put it all on the line and make it work because yeah this is what i'm passionate yeah, about.
1: yeah i like that yeah
0: so all right um that's it for this week unless you have anything else you want to throw in olivia no
1: i think we we covered it i didn't get to talk about Doom at all, but that's okay. Everyone already knows that I loved it even though it was so bad.
0: Well, now you've now you've I said did. your piece, I... and I think that's all that needs to be said exactly. about exactly <laughs> sweet, Sweden,
1: to all the right. point. <laughs> yep.
0: Um all right, well, reach out to us, contact at gaminghistoria.com if you want to email us. If you go to gaminghistoria.com, you can drop a uh, comment right below where this is posted. Subscribe on Apple. Uh, I'm still waiting to get the verification code for Google, so it may be up by the time you, you're you hearing this. It may not. But keep an eye on Google if that's where you listen. And uh, follow at Gaming underscore Historia on Twitter, and you will be completely in touch with us. But we want your feedback. Send us what you think. Send us what you want us to talk about. Send us what you disagree with or what you agree with. Tell us what other movies we left out that we should have talked about more. Things like that. Um we're here we're doing a podcast for you guys. We want to get your feedback. So reach out to us, let us know what you think. And until next oh surprise next week is gonna be something super special and super different. Yeah. And I'm not gonna say anything else about it. I,
1: I can say a little. Do you want me to say a little?
0: If you want to, I was going to keep it a full-on surprise um, and keep them just well, on the seat. Well, I'll give will I'll just skip for a it. little Same bit. What it yeah. Is.
1: Okay. So I'm going to be taking taking the helm next week and doing an episode entirely on my own, and I'm going to be focusing on a very specific topic and kind of doing a, a deep dive uh, of exploration into this dynamic in games and how it's popped up in the news and all the controversies that surround this topic. So it should be really fun. I'm going to include as many sound bites as I can, and uh, there'll be a supplemental page on gaminghistoria.com that'll be posted with the episode itself. So it'll be kind of an interactive uh, podcast with visual, uh, visual elements, I suppose, that you can look at on your own time. So, Make sure you tune in next week and you'll see what it's about.
0: Yeah, I think it's, I know what she's going to talk about. I think it's going to be awesome. And I think you need to, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing it. And <laughs> most of the time I don't get to hear a podcast for the first time. I ha- I hear it after the fifth time, you know, <laughs> that I've spoken it, I've edited it, I've mixed it down, double checked it, you know, i by then I don't want to hear the finished product. So I'm very excited about this as well. So make sure you hit the subscribe button wherever you listen or chat Gaming Historia every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. it's up. So anytime, jump on there and watch it, however you watch it or watch it, however you listen to it. We just want your feedback and we want you to enjoy what we're putting out And there. remember, so, this is in search um, of
1: the story on Gaming Historia.
0: Yes, so this is this is part of Gaming Historia. It's another one of its own shows, so it's it's our it's one of our three shows that are currently going. And uh, if you missed Monday, check out Monday because it was a totally different gaming historia than normal. So, in search of the story every Wednesday, gaming historia every Monday. Listen to them both; they're both great. They're both fantastic. They're both the best things on the. And internet.
1: really make sure to listen next week <laughs> to my episode. Yeah, and,
0: and don't forget next week. I, I will promote it heavily. <laughs> I will shamelessly this is, promote. <laughs> and because if I do not promote it heavily, I will not stop getting messages of, uh, hey, can, how are we looking right now? People <laughs> listening? What are we thinking? Like, I don't know, dude. Like, I'm busy right now. Yeah, but how's it looking right now? So... <laughs> I will make sure that it's out there and it's going to be awesome. I have no doubt. And there's a bonus to that one. You don't have to hear me ramble on for 10 minute sections at a time. It's just going to be Olivia talking. So yeah, you get a break from me for a week. So I'm sure there's quite a few listeners that are, we're probably going to pick up additional subscribers for that reason. So finally, that guy's not on there. Let's listen to it. (laughs) Do more of these. So all right, this was a long enough farewell because I'm not going to see you next week. So uh, you or the listeners, and I will miss you all. But <laughs> um, but we will, we will see you Monday for Gaming a Story and we'll see you next Wednesday for the super special Olivia-only Ooh. edition of In Search of the Story. Oh, yeah. So um, until next time, thanks for listening. Have a good week.
1: Thanks, everyone.